a, a big misconception is that you have to have this brilliant idea and you do, you don't. So mm-hmm. um, if, for instance, um, um, you want to help solve a societal problem, but you don't know how, mm-hmm. but you're motivated to help it solve, then yeah, come to us and that's an excellent start, uh, starting point. Welcome to the Radio Life Sciences Podcast for a behind-the-scenes look into GSLS, made by students and educators for the scientists of tomorrow. Hi everyone, Evelina here, and welcome to the very first episode in the Your Career series of the Radio Life Sciences Podcast. The Your Career series covers different topics related to your career after you've graduated. Every episode we have an interesting guest of inside or outside academia who will tell you more about his or her job and or we will talk about important skills that could prepare you for your career. So today I'm here with Stefan Braam, who is 45 years old. He works as the startup incubation lead at Utrecht Inc. Startup Incubator. And you can wake him up in the middle of the night for... Don't wake me up. (laughs) And his favorite quote is... Uh, Fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Stefan, thank you very much for joining me and welcome. Thanks for having me. Great, good to have you here. So we cannot wake you up in in the middle of the night. I'm really fond of sleeping. And especially now that I'm a parent, I really appreciate the the sleeping hours. Yeah, I can imagine, can imagine. All right. Well, great to have you here. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about Utrecht Inc. and how we, what you are actually doing there. Um, and for the ones who do not know Utrecht Inc., what actually is Utrecht Inc.? Yeah, let's start with that. So we are the startup incubator of the University of Utrecht and University Medical Center. Uh, and also of the University of Applied Sciences and the other knowledge institutes here on the Science Park in Utrecht. Um, we've been around for 13 years. We started off as part of the uh, valorization uh, policy of the of the university, um, but over time we grew into like I think a proper startup incubator incubator uh, with uh, um, the majority of the community consisting of scientists that uh, want to start a business based on their research or their innovations, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, students and even some tech entrepreneurs from the region. So we really believe that if we mix these uh, different groups together, you get a really um, uh, success, you're set up for success uh, as, as a company. So these, uh, this startup incubator was um, uh, created 13 years ago. And over the years, we've helped 300 startups to market. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 70% of these startups still exist after five years, which wow. is a third better than average. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, well, maybe to start off with, what is a startup incubator? Mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of people have heard about the term, but don't have a clear picture of what it is. And I always explain it uh, like a greenhouse. So if you imagine a tomato plant, you can put a tomato plant in your garden. It will grow during the summer and hopefully bear some fruits. Uh, but if you put that plant in a greenhouse, then you can control the environment much better. Um, So you can optimize temperature, moisture, lighting, fertilizer, CO2, whatever Mm -hmm. it takes um, for the plant to grow optimally. And over time, you learn what parameters work best for growing tomato plants. So that's kind of the metaphor uh, that we use 
when uh, when we help our startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the plant still needs to grow itself. Mm-hmm. We can't grow the plant, but yeah, I think uh, we can help you with the environment that uh, really increases your success chances if you if you want to consider starting a business based on your research. Right. So in a nutshell, Utrecht Inc. would be the perfect environment for someone that would like to start a startup business. Yeah, or would investigate the possibilities. So you don't have to okay. take the decision and then come to the incubator. Mm-hmm. You can actually join us already when you're considering this as one of your career options. Right, right. So, and if someone then comes to you or to Utrecht Inc. and then wants to start up a business, then how does that look like? Right. Where do you start and what do you do with Utrecht Inc. there? Yeah, so I think uh, there's uh, some misconceptions there. Uh, people expect that, first of all, they need a brilliant idea and money uh, to start a business. Uh, then they assume that it's super high risk um, and uh, that will that they will need an investor from day one. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I also thought that when I started at Utrecht Inc. five and a half years ago, uh, but since then I've really changed my opinion. Um, I think... What it really takes is to um, have be very motivated to solve a societal problem. Mm-hmm. So, so there also comes your favorite quote from. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, uh, a lot of uh, science-based uh, startups, they, they come from an innovation. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, um, because of this innovation, it's now possible to do A, B, C. And then you would go in look in society, uh, what problems are out there that could be solved by ABC. Mm -hmm. While the optimum way is to start with the problem in society and then go look in science and technology, what could help solve that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like a a friction point that we're definitely addressing at the incubator. Like uh, a lot of scientists come from an innovation perspective and we really help them to take the problem perspective and then end up, hopefully, end up with uh, their innovation to solve that societal problem and, and the ability to make a business out of it. So uh, so it starts off sometimes with, uh, with adjusting the expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it should really be about um, the problem side. Uh, you don't need money. Um, the team, you will form the team along the way. Um, and you don't go to the notary or the chamber of commerce on day one. So these are all kinds of misconceptions. What it really is, is that you start in a program with some other scientists that have the same ambition, typically uh, between three and 10 other uh, scientists in Utrecht, and you form a batch, a cohort, Mm -hmm. um, and you go through this program where you develop your entrepreneurial skills in all kinds of knowledge sessions. So we higher experienced professional trainers per topic. Mm -hmm. So you will learn about how to find out who the customer is, what business model you need, uh, what are the implications of your intellectual property taking that out of the Knowledge Institute to society, what grants and subsidies might be out there, uh, how to do marketing, how to do sales, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And really over time you grow into um, your priority list. So you start off with lots of assumptions You think you can make a business out of your innovation. You think you know who the customer is. You think you know how to get paid for it. You think you know what kind of team you need, et cetera, et cetera. And then 
when you stack all these assumptions on top of each other without validating whether they are true, then indeed it's high risk. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we help you up front to validate each of these assumptions and turn them into either the, or, or validate them to be true or, or invalidate them. Um, and the better we do that up front, the lower the uh, total risk will be. Mm -hmm. So that really contributes to the statistic where 70% of our startups still exist after five years. But if you write, for instance, a grant application, your success chances are 30%. So mm -hmm. the perception of risk uh, between a science career and, a, and an entrepreneurial career are, are maybe a bit stigmatic. So mm -hmm. um, let's, let's get rid of that. Um, yeah. So that's really how you get started at an incubator. And then you get access to uh, our pool of 130 voluntary mentors. So we can... Uh, introduce you to people that have earned their stripes in business and are now uh, on a voluntary basis uh, willing to help you uh, and grow your your idea into a startup. So from this pool of 130 people, we try to help you form a group of men and women that can really um, help you make special mistakes only, not the obvious mistakes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> special uh, mistakes only. Could you name a few? Yeah, what so, is a special mistake? Yeah, so what we really uh, embrace is failure. Uh, so we're, we live in a society where uh, we only want to talk about our successes. Mm -hmm. But in the startup world, it's quite uh, okay to talk about your failures because these are most of the times excellent opportunities to learn. Right. Um, so the culture at Utrecht Inc. is very open and people share their uh, concerns, uh, maybe their failures or what they're working on. And if you can find out very early on that there's actually no customer for your idea, mm -hmm. then great, you saved us all some time and money <laughs> and you can move on to the next puzzle to solve. Exactly. Right? So um, these are what we call the special mistakes. The obvious mistakes would be to start building your product without checking if the user exists. Okay for instance. So this is, uh, and that's a quite common mistake that people just start building their innovation and then try it out in the real world and it fails because then they forgot to check whether there is an opportunity, whether there's a patient or a doctor or a user or a customer out there mm -hmm. that's really helped with this problem. Right. So that's, uh, that's how you get started. Okay. So um, if I would be a student or a scientist that has an idea, can I then come to you? Or if I even do not have an idea, can I then also come to you? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's I think, uh, a, a, a big misconception is that you have to have this brilliant idea and you, do, you don't. So mm -hmm. um, if, for instance, um, um, you want to help solve a societal problem, but you don't know how, mm -hmm. but you're motivated to help it solve, then, yeah, come to us and that's excellent Start a starting point. Okay. Uh, so if you want to uh, help people uh, with the international background to uh, better understand how to use their drugs that they mm -hmm. get from the pharmacy, uh, then that's that's enough to get started. And whether the solution will be um, a better website about drugs or an app or um, videos or whatever, that you will find that out down downstream, like down down the line. Mm -hmm. I think sixty to seventy percent of our startups now um, offers a product that is different from what they came in with. 
So okay. that statistic alone shows that during the journey, you will find out what the solution needs to be. Yeah. So you could even argue that it's better to come to an incubator with just a problem in mind, mm -hmm. because that keeps all options open to find a solution. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we, we work with both. Yeah. Okay. And then more practical. Um, if I would then have a problem <laughs> in my head that I would like to uh, see be solved, uh, and I'm a student, let's assume that I'm a student, mm -hmm. um, would I then come to you and, um, oh, my Siri is getting excited right here. <laughs> I'm going to uh, quit a Siri. Um, but do I then come to you with the problem and then follow a course with you? Or do I follow a program? Or can I come to you after I've graduated only? How does that work? Okay, so before we are going to listen to the answer of Stefan to this interesting question, we are first going to have a look at our agenda and some updates that we have there considering interesting uh, events, actually, considering your career. So on February 17, from 3 till 5 p.m., there is a matchmaking event at Utrecht Inc. And that's called Team Up with a Startup, where you can meet startups that are looking for co-founders, interns and employees. So if you're interested, please have a look at the LinkedIn page of Utrecht Inc. Because this um, event is uh, there promoted and you can find more information about it there. And we also have two interesting workshops scheduled from Career Services. Because if you want to convince an employer of your suitability for an internship or a job, it is important that you can clearly articulate what your skills are. And in this training that is offered by Career Services about transferable skills, you become aware of the transferable skills that you have developed during your studies, inside jobs and in other activities. And after following this training, you will have a clear picture of your skills and you will be able to express them better. So this workshop is offered on February 21st from 2 to 5 p.m. and is only for Dutch-speaking students. If you want to know more about this uh, workshop, you can find information on the website of Career Services. And last but not least, on February 23rd from 1 to 3 p.m., there is a workshop about writing an application letter. And this one is both for Dutch-speaking and English-speaking students. And in this workshop, you will learn what is useful in drawing up a good CV and a suitable cover letter. And once again, if you want more information about the workshops um, and about other career events that are organized, visit the website of Career Services of Utrecht University, that is students.uu.nl slash career services. Now back to Stefan. Yeah, so uh, we offer two, um, I think three relevant uh, propositions might uh, might fit this use case. So let's assume we are uh, you're a student, like a, a master degree student. Um, we have a specific validation program for student startups, and validating is uh, trying to get rid of these risky assumptions in in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a two month program. You can follow it part time next to your studies. It will take between four and eight hours a week. Okay. So of which most is self study or at least investing time in your idea. Mm -hmm. So the real contact hours at Utrecht Inc. are limited to maybe two hours a week. Mm -hmm. um, it's free of charge for Utrecht-based uh, students. Um, and during those two, mo two months, you really take some steps to validate whether this idea might fly. Okay. Then for the, um, the researchers and scientists of the university and the medical center and everybody doing a PhD, we have that same program, but then it goes just one step deeper mm -hmm. and it takes eight months 
it's also part-time. It also takes about four to eight hours a week-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but after eight, hour, uh, eight months, you really have a good understanding whether um, this would survive in the market, uh, whether entrepreneurship is a possible path forward. Mm-hmm. And then maybe um, one last thing to mention about our program. So these are the validation programs. We also have a very early stage program for scientists and researchers in Utrecht mm-hmm. called Ready to Start. And this is a very lightweight, um, like stage zero program that you can do in four weeks. It's also for free. It's completely online. You do it in your own time in the evening hours. Your PI doesn't even have to know uh, mm-hmm. that you're uh, uh, <laughs> considering <laughs> uh, starting a startup. So, yeah, it's, that's a really like an introductionary course. Uh, that really answers the question, like, what can I expect of this entrepreneurial journey? What is coming my way if I, if I would choose that direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, very important, is, some, is entrepreneurship something for me as a person? It's not yeah. fit for everyone. So... Uh, it's a great way to experiment with this and just see how it feels. Um, and then the third thing you get from it is like, how can I prepare myself uh, for the next step, which would, would be so uh, a validation program that I just uh, described. Okay. Yeah. And I believe I Googled you a bit, of course, before this uh, episode. Um, I believe these validation programs start in spring this year, right? Yeah, right. So we uh, these validation programs, we run twice a year. Mm-hmm. So for the students, uh, it's a two-month program. Next one will be uh, in late April 2023 uh, and the next one after the summer. And for the scientists, the eight-month uh, part-time program uh, starts also in uh, March of 2023. So we're approaching the deadline for application. But we run that twice a year. So they overlap. It's an eight-month program, but we run it twice. So there's a little bit of overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, you can always also, if you're listening to this podcast in the future and maybe not in 2023, then uh, please look at the website utrechtinc.nl or on the LinkedIn page of Utrecht Inc. And there you can see like what what are the upcoming programs and which ones might fit your specific situation. Yeah, right. All right. And if you would then sign up for the program, what kind of skills do you then develop or knowledge do you gain? Yeah, well, um, hopefully a lot. Um, <laughs> of th- course. Yeah, I think, uh, especially for, for scientists, um, we don't have to teach them anything that they already know in their field. They are an expert in a specific area. Mm-hmm. But uh, they kind of developed a T-shaped model, uh, which means that they know a lot about one topic, but maybe had just a broad knowledge of, of other topics. So to be successful as an entrepreneur or to work in a science-based startup, you need other skills as well. Mm-hmm. So we really start to develop those skills when it comes to uh, understanding the financials of a startup, understanding what marketing and sales is, how that works, uh, how to build a team, how to pitch, um, how to talk to customers, um, how to test your uh, business model. Um, so all these different entrepreneurial skills you will develop. And what I really like about this, and of course I am biased, is that if the startup fails, these are still very valuable skills to acquire, yeah, even if you end up choosing a different career in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks so too. And then where in this whole trajectory do you come in place? Because you are the, what's your job title again? I'm the startup incubation lead. 
okay. which uh, is a kind of a fancy word for uh, what I do. Um, and what I do is I just try to m- make sure these uh, aspiring startup entrepreneurs get the best support every day that we can potentially offer. Mm-hmm. So that includes our programs, that includes all kinds of events that we organize, okay. that includes uh, access to these 130 mentors, uh, access to our pool of investors. We, we know a lot of investors, both the formal and the informal investors. Uh, access to talent and, of course, uh, helping you with network introductions into other uh, interesting um, ecosystem players, mm-hmm. uh, like the ROM, the Regional Development Organization, uh, the Technology Transfer Office Holdings here at Utrecht that we work very close with, and there's some more examples. So, um, yeah, really across the board, we try to uh, help you be as successful as possible. Mm-hmm. And when we succeed, I'm just very happy. Yeah, I can imagine. How, how does it look like when you're happy? And Yeah, well, uh, we actually are very happy these days. Uh, two days ago, we uh, got the news that we were selected a top 10 university startup incubator worldwide yeah, for the third year in a row. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but it's not up to us. It's really the community of entrepreneurs and the people that uh, go on this journey with us mm-hmm. uh, that uh, earn all the credit. Um, but it's a great moment to just pause and reflect on like where how how far have we come in the last 13 years uh, there is uh, over 130 incubators in the Netherlands alone uh, worldwide it's it's even more uh, so to end up in the top 10 university incubators uh, list is pretty cool uh, especially yeah. for such a small country i think so too yeah. and how do you think that um, utrecht inc differentiates differentiates itself and discriminates itself from yeah. other uh, companies or businesses? Yeah, well, often when you hear the word startup incubator, uh, then it's also referred to the commercial incubator. So mm-hmm. these are commercial organizations that will take some shares in your company from day one. So they eventually uh, hope to become rich from helping you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are not for profit uh, and we are uh, completely uh, part of the university ecosystem. So that means that we don't take shares in your company. Um, so there's really no financial benefit for us, okay. whether you are successful or not, um, other than a small success fee that uh, that we operate, which means if you're very successful in years three, four, and five after finishing the program, we will ask you for a few thousand euros to help the next generation. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a very positive and friendly arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, what really... Uh, makes me happy if I see downstream these startups uh, improve the lives of patients, of doctors, of uh, anyone in society. Uh, I think the majority of our startups help create a better world in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be part of that is really great. And it, of course, creates a lot of jobs. These startups that we've helped uh, up till now have created uh, 3,750 jobs direct jobs wow. uh, so the number of indirect jobs is even higher mm-hmm. um, so yeah let's make a small dent in the universe <laughs> yeah and where do you see Utrecht Inc in the coming I don't know five to ten years yeah we're what's ahead yeah a, a lot uh, yeah definitely I think we're at a, at a crossroads point in history uh, with the advent of artificial intelligence oh yeah uh, so this is uh, something we see 
uh, in all different areas of startups, uh, both um, medical uh, device, sensor technology, uh, software is uh, closing in on life sciences. So something that would only be exclusive to pathologists or people working in labs in the past is now much more uh, uh, mixed up with, with all kinds of algorithms and models that, that help uh, these scientists uh, achieve better better results. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think if we look back 10 years from now on this time, it would, was really like the, the third big wave. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first one was the internet. Mm-hmm. The second one was the smartphone. And the third one is the algorithms or the artificial intelligence. So it's really exciting. Uh, at the same time, we see that uh, uh, a lot of young uh, people with a science background are now uh, more open to considering an entrepreneurial career as one of the uh, future paths mm-hmm. to follow. Yeah. So it used to be either an academic career, uh, maybe a governmental or NGO career where you try to help uh, influence uh, policymakers, for instance, or for a big corporate like pharma. Uh, but then you would be working for shareholders eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this fourth option, uh, being your own boss and d- making your own decisions uh, as a startup founder, uh, that is really open to consideration much more nowadays. So, yeah, I'm really optimistic about the future. Great. Good to hear. And is there any um, uh, required pre-knowledge, or how do you call it in Dutch? It's forkennis, but yeah. I don't really know the, the name in Dutch. But uh, required skills, is there anything that a student or a scientist or someone that would like to come to you needs to have in order to uh, be fruitful at Utrecht Inc.? Yeah, I think two things. Uh, and they're both quite soft requirements. Mm-hmm. So one is we love to work with motivated people. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that you're uh, coachable. That means that you're open and hungry for feedback. Right. So you will get quite some feedback uh, when you uh, go through a program at Utrecht Inc. Mm-hmm. If every time your your default response is to become defensive, mm-hmm. it won't work. If you have a super big ego, it <laughs> pr- probably also doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So we try to create a safe and open environment where people are completely fine with receiving feedback. And then based on that feedback, they, they make better decisions. So um, I think the requirements are quite low if you, as long as you're s- driven about uh, solving a specific topic um, plus you're open and coachable then let's go you're ready cool oh my god if I would be a student right now I would uh, definitely come to one of your programs it sounds really interesting <laughs> yeah um, and it's actually super cool to see these students uh, really uh, like almost like they get wings they discover stuff about themselves that they would not, uh, that they didn't know before. Mm-hmm. They will definitely come out of their comfort zone, yeah, for sure. Uh, but they all grow as a person, and it's really nice to see when they graduate from one of our programs, uh, really to see the difference between the day they walked in and the day they walk out, walk out. They are so much uh, broader oriented and developed as a person. Yeah, and. Starting up a business yourself, uh, is this something that you always wanted to do? Or could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I studied here in Utrecht myself, uh, an economic uh, background. Uh, but during those days, I I started a company. Mm-hmm. The term startup wasn't invented then. It was in 2000. Okay. Um, but it actually was a startup. 
in, a, in, in by definition. Um, the startup failed, uh, but and we made all the mistakes <laughs> that we, that you could make. So I would re- the obvious re- mistakes. That definitely all the all the mistakes. Uh, I would definitely be helped with something like Utrecht Inc. in those days. So the startup failed, but uh, we had so much fun and we learned a lot. Um, mm. I really uh, got kind of uh, uh, bit by the the entrepreneur bug. Mm. Uh, but still then finished my studies after uh, the startup stopped and went into the corporate world where I worked on as a digital product developer. So doing a lot of digital product projects like uh, web shops, apps, uh, platforms like that. I worked in media companies, uh, for energy companies. Uh, but over time I got uh, quite bored with the corporate culture mm-hmm. where... Uh, I think 70 to 80% of your energy daily uh, goes into fighting the internal fight and not the external fight. So it's a lot about diplomacy and politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, at some point, I just uh, grabbed the opportunity that came by, which was Utrecht Inc. And uh, I think it's one of my better decisions Mm -hmm. because people that, uh, that work in an incubator or with an incubator and entrepreneurs are people that say yes by default instead of no. So I worked in a lot of environments where people said, if I wanted something from somebody else, they would say like, no, convince me that I should help you uh, because I have my own job description and this is not part of it. While um, entrepreneurs are people that say, yes, let me see how I can help you and maybe one day you will help me and it's a really open and sharing uh, culture. So yeah, I really love that. Of course... Um, I'm sometimes tempted to step into an, another startup that mm. maybe I'm talking to. Yeah. Uh, so I talk to over 200 startup founders per year. Uh, so I, I hear a lot of ideas come by and sometimes it is tempting. But personally, I've learned that playing a small part in, in a lot of stories is much more fulfilling for me than having my own story and having yeah. to do everything myself. Um, so I'm completely happy with uh, the setup that I'm currently in. Well, luckily for you then. <laughs> and you quickly touched upon that the environment is so safe with Utrecht Inc., but in the incubator field in general, if I may say so, um, on making failures, for example. What would be, if you have one, be the failure that you experienced within your career? And how did you experience it? And how what did you learn from it? Hmm. Um, I think one of the... Well, the f- the, one of the biggest failures that I made when I had my own startup is that we started building the solution without checking whether the uh, customer existed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. we had something built and ready to go, and then we found out it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that time, we've invested a lot of time, uh, some money, and a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So that was a waste. Um, and But in general, when I look back on my career... Um, I really like uh, getting older. Yeah. It, yeah. It puts Why is that? it puts stuff in perspective. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not that worried about small things anymore. Um, uh, it's easier for me to uh, to see how rele- relevant uh, everything is, uh, relative everything is, and um, yeah, I really have this credo of. Uh, 
take take your work seriously without taking yourself too seriously. So it's another beautiful quote. Yeah, and it <laughs> and it, it really helps because uh, if I worked in also in media companies where you have huge egos, mm-hmm. like you you need really wide doors for the egos to be able to fit through them. Yeah. Um, and it's such a relief to get into an environment where egos are less relevant. Mm-hmm. And people are just focused on the results. Um, and so that's, and old and young and um, men and women and everything's mixed up and it works. So that's, yeah, really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So looking back on your career, is there some advice that you would give your younger self? Um, yeah, I think for, it depends because I'm at this point in my life now because of all the mistakes I made. So if I would advise my younger self to avoid certain mistakes, then maybe I don't end up where I am today. Yeah, of course. So sometimes uh, your mistakes can be growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, um, yeah, I always thought it was super important to um, be in charge of a team. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking for a position where I could lead a team. Uh, I did for a few years. It didn't make me happy at all. Okay. I love people, but leading a team is not something I really uh, admire uh, anymore. So I rather work with uh, as people in a specific topic or in a specific field and focusing on the content and the steps to take. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe the the conclusion is to advise my younger self do not listen what society expects from me, mm-hmm. but do stuff that really make m- makes me happy. Yeah, and I'm at my best when I'm happy. Yeah, that's wonderful. But I do think that maybe the advice could also be that make the mistakes that you have to make. I yeah, mean, but you only know afterwards. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, but maybe then the advice would be don't be afraid to make mistakes. Absolutely, I think we can all. Uh, remember that uh, uh, much more often. So let's assume you're at point A and you go to point B and point B is actually terrible. It's mm-hmm. for, for, <laughs> for, for whatever reason. Yeah. But it then allows you to go to C and C is great. Mm-hmm. And you would never have been able to go from A to C. So if you embrace uh, failure, it sometimes opens doors to, to other uh, new insights, new areas new connections, new team members, new innovations. Um, So, yeah, and if you don't get stressed out by mistakes, then good. Wonderful. I think that kind of closes this whole story of starting up a business and uh, embracing the mistakes. Let's hope so. Yeah. Well, Stefan, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you would like to share with us or with our listeners? Well, a challenge or something I want to... um, ask the listeners uh, is to think about what really drives you when you chose uh, a career in science. Mm -hmm. So for some uh, fundamental research, uh, there's, it's quite clear, right? So you, uh, you make a plan to do research, you get funding, you publish the results, which builds you a reputation that increases your chances of getting the next money for the next round of research Mm -hmm. and that's great but that's not what i mean what i mean is uh when will uh you have had the biggest impact on 
planet Earth or on humanity or on patients or doctors or um, drugs or whatever you're into. So ask yourself this question, like how can I really make an effective impact with my, uh, with my work? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people forget is that starting a company is actually a great opportunity to do that. Uh, but it's then also surrounded with all these stigmas that like uh, entrepreneurs are wolf of Wall Street kind of uh, guys with suits and BMWs and big mouths. And, <laughs> and it's not true. Uh, and you, wouldn't, and, and the, you wouldn't pick out an entrepreneur from a crowd at Utrecht, think. Mm. They, they're just like you and me. Uh, so the challenge to the listeners today is really like, um, where do you want to be? Uh, how do you want to move the needle a little bit. And if they know that, where to move the needle, where can they find you or more information about Utrecht Inc.? Yeah, well, I'm always open for a cup of coffee at Utrecht Inc. We're in the Kruid building Mm -hmm. at the Science Park. Uh, We can meet there for coffee. And I'm also, of course, uh, available for meetings online. And actually, within 15 to 20 minutes, we have a good understanding whether your uh, expectations and ambitions are in line with what we can offer. So in a very quick... Uh, meeting, uh, I can tell you more about what we do, and you actually can conclude like, mm, what would be, would this be a good step for me, or not? Okay. And sometimes people have the wrong assumptions. Like they, they sometimes expect that if they find an investor, they can start paying themselves salary yeah. all of a sudden. In some cases, you can, but in most cases, you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some. Uh, like terms and conditions or nuts and bolts that we can talk about mm-hmm. to help you prepare uh, to take that step. It's like uh, preparing yourself for a big hike in the mountains. It's just a little bit different than a hike in the forest. Mm-hmm. You have to take some uh, preparations, but yeah, then let me be your mountain guide. I love it, Stefan. All those wise words. <laughs> um, and otherwise, we can also find you, I guess, on LinkedIn. Definitely. Yeah. Anywhere else? Yeah, Utrecht Inc. is, uh, it ends with I-N-C and it's one word, Utrecht Inc. So if you Google it, you will find our LinkedIn, you will find our website. um, And you can always email me at Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N, at utrechtinc.nl. And uh, I'm happy to help you. Amazing. Well, thank you very much, Stefan, for being here today and talking with us. My pleasure. And... um, Well, hopefully uh, we will see you soon, maybe in another podcast, or maybe students will see you at Utrecht Inc. I hope so. I hope to. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Cheers. And to our listeners, uh, we will see you in the next episode uh, of Radio Life Sciences. And with that said, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye-bye.